Star Wars 7x7 episode 1369 today, how the plan went so horribly awry on the supremacy. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson with the Five of First Legion, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So today we are continuing our series of deep dives into the last Jedi novelization, and we are here to talk about the part of the plan, <laughs> the plan that was at least as bad as, well, maybe nothing is as bad as Luke's plan to rescue everyone in Return of the Jedi. I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of logic for it, but man, it is just such a thorny pretzel of logic that... You know, you can't imagine that they sat there and went, okay, well, because of this and that and the other and this and that, and like everything has to work out like this. I mean, I know like there's nothing in anybody's mind where this is how Luke reasoned out exactly how he was going to lay it out, but I digress. Anyway, we're talking about the plan to disable the hyperspace tracking on the Supremacy. And when Rose, Finn, DJ, and BB-8 get onto the Supremacy... All sorts of things befall them that we don't get to see in the movie. For one thing, when they talk about having to avoid the major security checkpoints, there are those code cylinders, right? You know, the things that they have in their uniforms or tucked onto little holsters in their uniforms, and they're supposed to authorize them in various places. But the ones that they have, we find out, are quote-unquote unregistered. And apparently this is what happens when you throw your tunic into the laundry and you leave your code cylinders in it. Well, it goes down to the laundry and the droids will just reset your code cylinders. And so you need the help of a First Order Security Bureau officer to be able to get them going again, which is, first of all, ah, like you don't want to deal with the First Order Security Bureau, even if you're a member of the First Order, because nobody wants to deal with the loyalty officers or anything like that. So that's number one. And number two, Rose actually wonders whether they can be reprogrammed by DJ, which, you know, natural question. And DJ says, nope, you need one of the First Order Security Bureau guys. It's very sophisticated cracking, and I can't do it from a laundry room anyway, which, you know, I think that he's probably selling his talent a little bit short there. And he also does say, as part of this whole scene, that there are some things that he is just not in this for. Like, he is getting way more than he bargained for. and you know, he is talking about one that have nothing to do with it anymore, wanting to get out, but nah, he's already too far in. And then there's a moment where a junior officer comes up to Rose, who is dressed as a major, and says, Major, can you approve this nav assignment? And so she's freaking out and <laughs> just tries to go, you know, and under her breath, like, give him a really cold and discourteous nod and the least that she can do which she's hoping will basically make it seem like she's just a jerk officer who doesn't want anything to do with this underling or anything like that so she hopes that will be something that helps her get away with it but ultimately what ends up happening and how they're discovered plays out differently entirely from what happened in the movie. In the movie, you may recall that BB-9E, or BB-Hate, as he was affectionately referred to, was up on a platform just kind of rolling around and happened to be looking at 
everything going on and saw that there was a weird trash can rolling around and scanned it to see what was going on. And there was a First Order Security Bureau officer up there with him as well. Well, in the novelization, that's not where they are. They're actually on the same level as Rose and Finn and DJ. And they start kind of walking over, paying attention, wanting to possibly say something to the three of them, the four of them, I guess, counting BB-8, and they have to get inside a lift, and it's one of those moments where they're like, oh my gosh, are we going to get in the elevator? Is it going to be fast enough? And they are able to get in and get the doors shut in the face of the First Order Security Bureau officer, but, you know, that's just not going to end up working out. And then we get the scene in the novelization that we did not get in the movie, but is a deleted scene from the movie, the one where Tom Hardy appears. And he is one of the stormtroopers that is in this elevator with them. There are half a dozen of them. And he recognizes FN-2187. Now, this is a moment where everybody is freaking out because they're thinking, oh my gosh, our cover's blown, we've been busted. But really, it becomes one of those scenes where it just kind of gives you a little bit of a tweak. And he says, yeah, you know, I knew you were good, but never thought you would end up being officer material. You know, congratulations. And he gives him a slap on the butt which is really weird. <laughs> I mean, it's weird enough to begin with because there is a note in the novelization where, you know, stormtroopers aren't really supposed to be talking to officers. There's a real caste system thing going on there. But apparently this one was like, hey, we were in, you know, indoct camp together and we were in the same batch, batch eight and all this stuff. So... Yeah, that was a, a funny little scene. You can imagine Tom Hardy, which, you know, I read something that said he was just talking in a southern accent, which, you know, Tom Hardy disappearing into a role, even into a Stormtrooper's role. So an entirely different kind of voice than you would expect to hear from him. And giving Finn a pat on the butt. <laughs> How unusual. So, yeah, interesting deleted scene worked into the novel. And they get a little bit closer to the actual mechanism for controlling the hyperspace tracking in the novelization than they did in the movie. So they're actually close enough for Rose to look at it and go, three levers, five seconds, this is going to be an easy job. And that is when everybody comes rolling in on them and uh, the jig is up. So, uh, man goes down mostly the way that you saw it, just a couple of variations. And additionally, there's another bit that is a little bit different from the movie, and that's that there's a lot more doubt cast about this thing than we saw in the movie, where Rose is saying, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work, and Finn is saying, trust me, it's going to work, and DJ is saying, this is not what I bargained for, i got to get out of here, and he's saying, no, it'll work, Finn is, it's going to work, it's going to work. So... Yeah, there's a lot more of that going on as well in novelization because they have the time to do stuff like that, comparatively speaking. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then another Patreon shout-out after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Want a free copy of The Last Jedi in 4K UHD HDR with Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision? It's the highest quality you can possibly watch The Last Jedi at, courtesy of Voodoo. And starting Friday, March 16th, I'm giving away those 10 to the first 10 people who become patrons of the podcast at the $5.01 level or higher. And if you join at the 1138 level or higher, I'll throw in a free copy of The Force Awakens Trivia Book 2. Go to patreon.com SW7X7 to support the show and get your free copy of The Last Jedi. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. 
All right, so today's shout-out is for Matt Cobber, and Matt has been listening to the podcast on and off for the last two years, he says, but finally subscribed and listened daily since about two weeks before The Last Jedi release, which is just before we started implementing our Safe Week protocol, and we will do that again when Solo comes out next month. We will do a Safe Week prior to the release of Solo, so that way you can continue to listen to the podcast, even if you are concerned about rumors, leaks, spoilers, anything like that you will still get to listen daily and it just goes to show you that <laughs> with this podcast you don't necessarily have to be on it daily of course I certainly appreciate that and <laughs> I would never tell you not to but you can jump in anytime you want that is one of what I hope is the beauties of this podcast that you get it in that very quick hit format and that you can enjoy it anytime you decide to drop into it. So Matt, thank you so much for becoming a patron of the podcast at the $5 and one cent level. I really appreciate it. And I hope you get to enjoy the podcast for many more years to come, you know, cause I'm hoping that I create a good podcast for you for many more years to come. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, Matt, and everyone else listening. And as always, may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you test out your new robot hand, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com slash sw7x7. It's not the Rebel Fleet, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.